0: Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast from the Packet Pushers. Today, we are diving into Wi-Fi 6E. That's the extended version of the Wi-Fi 6 standard. It takes advantage of newly available spectrum in the 6 gigahertz band. We're sponsored today by Aruba, a Hewlett Packard Enterprise company. And we're going to explore highlights of the standard, discuss Aruba's forthcoming 6E AP and more. Our guest is Chuck Lukaszewski. He is VP and Wireless Chief Technology Officer at Aruba. Chuck, welcome to the podcast.
1: And can you give us the big picture? What is 6E? What's new about it? Thanks for you, uh, Greg. Nice to be here. So yeah, Wi-Fi 6E, the way to think about it is that it's Wi-Fi 6 for the six gigahertz band. And six gigahertz is a large new block of contiguous spectrum uh, that uh, has been opened now by 40 countries and counting uh, around the world. We'll talk more about that. Uh, but uh, 6E is basically the uh, a new certification from the Wi-Fi Alliance that allows devices to take advantage of this new spectrum and provides uh, for interoperability mechanisms and so on to, uh, to in order to connect to and use that uh, band so the benefit here
0: is that i've got sort of fresh new clean uncontested spectrum besides the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz that i'd normally have in my environment
1: so that's one of the benefits but it's not necessarily the uh the biggest uh benefit that um you know we fought so hard for this spectrum uh and continue to to do so Uh, we have a lot more countries to light up uh (laughs) uh, over the coming uh, coming months Uh, as important is getting you know the community the wi-fi you know companies that uh, deploy managed wi-fi systems to wider channels specifically you know 80 megahertz or 160 megahertz channels 91% of our customers today and the numbers are similar for you know for other enterprise vendors are running 20 or 40 megahertz channels. And the reason for that is that it turns out with Wi-Fi, you just, you know, you need a lot of channels in order to get good spatial reuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what people do is they, in order to get that number of channels, they downsize the width. And the problem with that is that it, uh, as you know, right, when you use a narrower channel, it caps your peak burst rate.
2: I always think of this as like a multi-lane highway. Every time I create a channel, I get a lane on the highway. But the yes. challenge with Wi-Fi is only one car can use it at a time. So you can make lots of small channels and improve the actual throughput, but you actually limit the bandwidth of each channel when you use a lower spe- lower spectral width.
1: Yeah, so it's actually worse than that, right? So in you know, a be- maybe a a better analogy would be you know, it's like a an eighty megahertz channel is like a four lane highway, right? Mm. Where a customer, uh, you know, somebody who runs a network has put out cones and has blocked off, you know, two of the lanes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So having getting up to six gig just gives us this massive amount of spectrum because there's so much. Uh, they didn't just allocate a bit of capacity around six gig like they did with five, because mostly around what we call five gigahertz is actually sort of between five two and five point five point two and point four from memory they're six gig they actually gave us almost all of it
1: yeah correct well it depends on what country or part of the world that you're in and and just just to finish the last thought and put it in some real numbers for a second so the 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 peak speed you can hit in a 40 megahertz channel is 600 megabits per second so you know if you want to get to gigabit plus you have to go to 80s right or wider so that's that's the the punchline there as far as the number of channels and the amount of spectrum so uh, it does look like here in the Americas, well, all of the hemisphere so far has, has opted for the full ban, which means there's 1200 megahertz of spectrum. The lone sort of question mark uh, is Argentina, which ran a consultation at 500 megahertz. But we, we think that they may ultimately decide for 1200 because mm. uh, they, they currently they're, they're the only country that's that's left that hasn't gone all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look in Europe, for example, uh, the, the European model uh, starts out a little more conservatively. So they're just doing the lower 500 megahertz. So it's about as much, again, as we have in the five gigahertz band. So we're we we have we're right back to that sort of 40 megahertz uh, challenge, right? Uh, it's not enough 80s to really make a network.
2: Right. So having that extra spectrum, Chuck, does that actually change the way that wireless network operators. So if I'm a if I if I'm an enterprise wireless architect, what can I do with that extra spectrum? How do I adapt it into my architecture?
1: So you could do a couple of things with it. Right off the bat, um if if you're a hospital for for example, yeah, uh, you know, There's a long running uh, debate about uh, how to what is the right way to sort of segregate different kinds of traffic and in particular, uh, you know, taking life, you know, safety of life uh, traffic and, and putting it on unlicensed frequencies. So um, with this new band, it becomes possible almost out of the gate to create uh, uh, almost a completely segregated set of spectrum for new classes of applications. And there's enough of it uh, in, in some countries that you could actually partition it into multiple subbands uh, mm-hmm. If you wanted, uh, you know, if I'm a manufacturing plant, uh, you know, it's the same sort of logic applies, right? If I need very low latency types of applications. So the, um, yeah, obviously these are dependent on clients becoming available, but that's gonna happen very quickly. So I could um, see either- a
2: situation where in a hospital, the machines that go beep, you might have three classes of machines, very important beeps, not yep. so important beeps. And the very important ones might get dedicated to a set of spectrum range, which is actually reserved to a very small number of high priority devices, and then so on down the stack. And I could artificially create that does architectural design inside of my network myself without having to like I don't need standard support to make that happen.
1: Yes, that's that's exactly correct. Um, it also applies to things like voice, for example, right? A Wi-Fi voice is a huge application in healthcare. And uh, of course, it's always competing with other applications on the spectrum. So mm. if you wanted to leave five gigahertz in effect for the patients, right, you can move all those you know, house services, if you will, up into six gigahertz.
2: Right. That makes sense. So there's a benefit there. Then you've also we also talked about the increased bandwidth. But the other side of this too is the six gigahertz is a very low range. That's both a feature and a bug in the sense that you can have much smaller ranges where the signal can work. So you have high bandwidth, but over a much shorter distance. Is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. It's that's the same logic as applies to the five gigahertz band, which is really the sweet spot. I think in terms of propagation, right. In both, in both sort of uh, aspects, right. It's, it's far enough that you can, you know, it, you, you you can and it's got an online of site properties, right? So you can mm, really yep. light up you know through uh, you know a wall or two uh, in in a building. but on the other hand, it doesn't propagate so far, right that you you know you 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 can't create these very high density systems
2: right. And it doesn't end up in the street or across two yeah. blocks away it literally just ends up. Yeah, not getting exactly. much further through a wall. And that has the ability then to have much more fine grained control over reach and where the signal so you don't get overlapping regions. So you, as an architect, you might get much greater fine control over AP placement and antenna design, I
1: think. Yeah, correct. And as part of the advocacy, um, you know, we we pushed hard and uh, we we're gratified that the rules have sort of come out the way that we wanted uh, to make sure that there's enough trans allowed uh, EIRP or transmit power Mm. Uh, so that we can match the coverage of the two bands from a single device.
2: Well, I think this is also really interesting for emerging edge you know, edge networking, as we call it, which is a sort of a bloviated analyst term for uh, new ways of connecting things to the edge of networking. And I often use the metaphor of a factory coming online, which is now able to have lots and lots of sensors installed, you know, vibration mm. sensors, noise sensors, and then those sensors are feeding up data. You know, you might want to put a vibration sensor on a mill, And if the vibration continues to get outside of a certain range over a year, you know that the bearings are shot and you need to replace the bearings or you need to schedule maintenance. And these are the sorts of things. And if I have this sort of fine grain control from the Wi-Fi, I can place my APs the right way to maximize the, the capability and improve the reliability too as well
1: yeah exactly now we should not limit the conversation of course to you know healthcare or or manufacturing so you know Mm -hmm. the the uh, another big you know fairly obvious use case uh is the you know the large public venue scenario which would you know span everything from university lecture halls to you know airports and stadiums Mm -hmm. uh and as you know these these facilities um you know have been really bandwidth challenged for a long time uh and and so you know i think for example in terms of digital learning initiatives in a classroom being able to do you know, um, uh, d- d- uh, testing, uh, real-time testing uh, in classrooms and so on. Um, six gigahertz is going to be very impactful there, uh, it, among other things, because it, it it gets us back to these really wide channels, which can um, clear the air and and provide uh, much faster access for everyone.
0: Um, yeah. So I assume that
1: with this new uh, spectrum, I need a new radio in my AP. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's it's a new it's a new radio on both sides. So you need a on the on the infrastructure side. Uh, you'll need uh, something that includes six gigahertz. And on the client side, you'll need, you know, the, it'll have to uh, be capable of tuning to any of the three Wi-Fi bands. And I understand that
0: Aruba's got a new AP, the 6E, which has uh, one of each radio. That's
1: exactly right. We we announced the uh, AP 635 about uh, two weeks ago, uh, which is tri-band uh, two by two. Uh, access point and uh it uh is uh very exciting to be uh you know we 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 think basically the first enterprise vendor out the door with this and and that's actually important with you know in terms of because uh, you know, we are still very much in the advocacy phase you know as i said we've only got 40 countries that have made decisions so far so part of what companies like ours are pushing so hard to get to market is that we're trying to validate the you know the the investment essentially that these regulators are making uh because this is a massive amount of spectrum. I mean, there is no historical comparison for this amount of spectrum rolling out so quickly in so many countries. So what about the client side then? Obviously now APs are
0: Coming to market Uh, on the device side, do you have a sense of what's available now and when we might see a proliferation of new devices with the correct radio?
1: It's small right now, but it's gonna it's gonna expand very quickly. So the on the laptop side, you know the uh, you know Intel uh, is shipping uh, their AX two ten card, which is this is public information that's been available for some time, and I believe it's going into some laptops now. Samsung Galaxy S twenty one I think was the first smartphone to ship with six E support, and I I believe it is probably. We have a mishmash of some other things, but um, I would be shocked if, you know, you didn't see Apple devices with 6E support by the end of the year.
2: We're seeing a lot of emphasis come out around IoT networks and low power. And for a while yeah. there, we played with the Bluetooth sensor market and tracking people, and that's found its own niches in the market, but it hasn't seen widespread deployment. Is there something in 6 gigahertz band in terms of standard definitions for like low powered devices and... Uh, track so tracking users so where is somebody in a in a business you know so I can check that they're okay is they're all using for safety monitoring that type of stuff is there something in there for that
1: there there's some low power features in Wi-Fi six but it's not six gigahertz specific uh, in mm. in that sense so things like the target wait time which is a, a new power save mechanism that is basically allows every device to choose how often it wakes up. Right. Which mm. which can provide massive battery savings. Uh, and then there's something called a 20 megahertz only station. So let's say I am running one of you know, one of those wide, uh, you know, four lane channels. You know, if I'm a wearable, for instance, or I'm an IOT device like you're talking about, I don't need 80, 80 megahertz. Right. And and radios, uh, you know, burn power very quickly. So part of the standard provides for a, a device that can just fire up a single 20 inside of an 80. Uh, and so there are features like that that are available. But you know, I, I, the other thing that I, I, we should probably get to, um, uh, or I hope we're able to get to at some point, is, is um, you know talking about the other RANs that are present in enterprises, because I think this is where. You know things like Bluetooth and Zigbee, among others. Uh, you know even CBRS start to come into play.
0: Yeah, can you tell us about this overlap between Rans and the the enterprise Wi-Fi?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd be delighted to. So I've been you know talking with you know uh, you know CIOs and and senior IT leaders for some time about what I I now call sort of the multi-RAN multi-band enterprise. RAN is from the cellular industry. Uh, it just it just stands for radio access network. So Wi-Fi is a RAN, right? Four G is a RAN. Um, but so is Bluetooth, and so is Zigbee, and so is private LTE, and uh, and and so on. Uh, if I'm in a hospital and I'm running wireless medical telemetry uh, (WMTS), that that's another RAN. And um, the reason I think it's important to to start talking about this in the enterprise is we're already multi-RAN, and we just don't really think about it. And so when uh, it, you know, it's been posited by some in the cellular industry that you know, five G is going to kill Wi-Fi. And uh, of course, that's, that's you know, complete baloney. But this notion, this positioning that it's sort of a binary choice is really the wrong way to look at it to start with, because we're already past two choices, right? Aruba has been shipping access points with Bluetooth since 2014. Now all of our Wi-Fi 6 and 6E products also have uh, Zigbee built in. So that's three RANDs on three bands if you if you include six gigahertz (laughs) Um, and 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 now um, you know with CBRS coming into play in the United States and and soon in uh, you know it won't be called CBRS but uh, private LTE in other countries we are going to see private cellular networks start to emerge as well and all of these things are tools in the toolbox of the network architect to solve discrete business problems
2: I think it's interesting that we're seeing a lot of a push around private 5G. And personally, I'm a little dubious that there's a wide or a large market for it. I believe that Wi-Fi generally solves most of the requirement. There are certainly niche markets where a 5G network, like if I'm a mine in the middle of the desert somewhere that's you know 20 kilometers across, I'm an open pit mine, 5G, a private 5G would be a good way to replace their legacy radio networking, right? But do you see this as kicking into that standard? So would the arrival of 6E be a step towards... Avoiding having to go down the private 5G path.
1: So yes and no, um, mm. and and I'm thinking actually as we're talking, we should probably do a, <laughs> another yeah. session in the future on on private uh, private LTE, private 5G. But yeah. uh, in short, again, it, it it varies from enterprise to enterprise, uh, and and you know uh, how they're funded from an IT perspective, what types of data they need to move, and 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 so on. Mm. Um, but I can tell you that you know we're um, you know, we we do have an offer in that space, and. Um, we are seeing, you know, significant interest for specific use cases. And, you know, some of those use cases are things around, you know, improving the indoor cellular experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've, Aruba's approach to that has been to take a sort of all of the above approach. So we, you know, we, on the one hand, we have the, uh, you know, the CBRS product, and we're working to bring out a neutral host capability, um, you know, for customers that that Mm -hmm. are able to, uh, you know, that have... That need. Um, on the other side, um, you know, we're also trying to make Wi-Fi better in terms of cellular integration. And so, last year we introduced a service called AirPass, uh, which allows uh, Wi-Fi devices with SIM credentials to automatically connect to Wi-Fi networks. And so, and these these techniques, you can actually combine them together to get e- sort of even more coverage. So, there's not necessarily one correct solution.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I Just, I think that the challenge we I see with five G is it's much more complex to own you can't just buy it and deploy it like you can a wi-fi and i wonder how many people have realized that at this point
1: so again i'd say let's let's talk about that down the line um, yeah, yeah but you know the, the the product we're working with um is is designed specifically to address that challenge it's you know it's a self-contained product there's no duct taping or pulling together of you know wildly disparate parts at the end of the day for this technology to be successful in the enterprise it's got to look and feel to the network administrator, like any other piece of, of, you know, enterprise network gear. Right. And so it's got to be simple and it's got to be, uh, you know, you, you can't expose all this complexity of the three GPP world. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. yeah, That's where Wallace succeeded. It was simple. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: that does wrap up our time. And it seems like we
0: could talk a lot more about this. So maybe we'll have to have you back Chuck. But in the meantime, if folks want to do some research on their own, where would you
1: send them? So uh, just go to uh search for wifi 6E. Uh, and uh, you'll find a complete set of resources there. Fantastic.
0: Well, thank you, Chuck, for joining us. And thanks to Aruba for being a sponsor. If you want more nerdy technical conversation, you can find this and many more technical podcasts, all for free, along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at PacketPushers, Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much wireless networking would never be enough.